0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family wealth and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. So the question I really need to ask myself is, do I want to work harder and more hours to get a nicer car? Or do I want to keep my part-time work lifestyle and drive a slightly older car that's not electric? This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, I'll be answering a question from the Marriage, Kids & Money community about whether or not... I think an electric car is worth it. (laughs) Second, we'll be answering another question about if it makes sense to buy a house in cash versus getting a mortgage. And then last but not least, we're back with another money quiz with my daughter, Zoe Hill. She's gonna be reading the review of the month and I will be quizzing her on some fun money questions once again. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a question from Andrew via voicemail, and here
1: it is. Hey Andy, I was just wondering what your thoughts are about electric cars. Many people in the fire community say to buy an older gas zipper and let others pay for the depreciation. Myself and my wife bought a new electric Nissan Leaf last year and can honestly say it was probably the best financial decision we've made. With the government incentive, no oil changes, and the current gas prices, it's really turning out to be a great investment. We both also get free charging at our workplaces, which is obviously an added bonus. I'd be really interested to see what you think. And again, you make a great podcast and I really enjoy your content.
0: Andrew, thank you so much for reaching out through voicemail. Hey, if you want to ask a question like Andrew, please leave that voicemail for me at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. Back to Andrew's question. Andrew, Well, you know, electric cars, are they worth it? That is a really good question. I mean, it sounds like you're very happy with your decision, but you're getting some negative feedback from the fire community on this one, right? (laughs) Well, before I give my opinion on the whole matter, I want to remind you, Andrew, that your opinion is really the only one that matters. But for fun, let me share what's been going on in my brain over the last year with regard to our family going electric or not. Our 13-year-old Audi, it's on its last legs. (laughs) This once-cherished luxury car has now over 125,000 miles on it and has racked up around $3,000 worth of repairs just this year. In theory, the car should last us many, many more years, but with the unexpected and pricey repairs, my wife and I are now asking ourselves, should we cut our losses and sell this thing? Kelly Blue Book says we can sell the car for between $4,400 on trade-in and $6,800 for a private party sale. And if we sell it, should we get an electric car? It's interesting, right? With the federal tax credits that are out there for new all-electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles, we could get up to $7,500 back, depending on which model we go with. If we wanted to go with a Tesla or a GM vehicle, we would unfortunately not receive any credits. New buyers of those vehicles can no longer receive federal tax credits since those manufacturers have sold over 200,000 units. I guess that is the threshold. And recently, Toyota join that list as well. So, way to go, Toyota. Not so great for people who are interested in Tesla, GM, or Toyota tax credits, but hey, what are you going to do? To add to the monetary dilemma, gas prices have increased significantly this year, as you all know. If we could eliminate our need as a family to go to the gas station for at least one of our cars, that would be a huge savings, even with the costs it would take to electrically charge that vehicle. So, Nicole and I are left with three options that we are pondering. Let me go over them with you. Option one, keep driving our older car until it dies. Option two, sell the older car and buy another slightly used vehicle. Or option three, sell the Audi and buy a new all-electric or plug-in hybrid. I'm going to review each of these in our podcast today, and I'll go through the options in detail and then share our thoughts as we conclude. Option one, keep driving our older car until it dies. While keeping our old car sounds like the most unappealing option with all the new cars and new technology and fuel alternatives out there right now, it's probably the most economical option. So there's no wonder that the fire community is giving it to you, Andrew. <laughs> Although we spent $3,000 this year to fix our clunker. The three years prior, we spent less than $600 total to fix it. Average that out over four years and we're looking at around $900 to repair and fix our car per year. According to some automotive websites I found and my own personal experience, that's evidently par for the course with Audi vehicles. They have more maintenance needs than other more economical vehicles. In short, I believe our fatigue with this car may have a little of the recency bias associated with it. We're saying that this car is crappy, but really it's just recently crappy. And now that we've dropped some money into it, it's not so crappy anymore, really. In fact, our most recent fix helped reduce some unappealing engine noise we were hearing and some oil leakage in the garage. So we've got that going for us. Another reason to keep it is we really don't have a ton of unallocated money sitting around right now for a new car, or at least for a car that we'd both want. As of today, we have around $10,000 in a new to us car fund. If and when we upgrade, we want our next car to be something that is more environmentally and more economically friendly. And $10,000 isn't going to get us that right now. So that means we got to jump to option two. Option two is sell the older car and buy another slightly used vehicle. Hmm, we could sell our Audi and get around hmm, $5,000, bucks. let us say, somewhere in between, what did I say earlier, $4,400 to $6,800, let's say $5,000 we'd get. That would take our total car budget, new car budget or new-to-us car budget, to around $15,000, and that, that's not bad, right? But in looking at what we could get for around $15,000, Our options are a little limited. We could get something like a 2014 Ford Escape with 100,000 miles on it. That's not bad, but that's not too far away from our mileage right now. And with that many miles on it, we'd be afraid we'd come into some more engine or transmission trouble in the near future. Since we like to buy cars that are about three to four years old with around 30 to 40,000 miles on them, given the sharp drop in price, buying a car for $15,000 right now is really not possible for us. (laughs) Let's go to option three then. Option three, sell the Audi and buy a new all-electric or plug-in hybrid. Yeah, this one sounds nice, right? After going through these first two options, I really know the frugal dude in me is not going to lease or finance a car I can't afford, and since I already told you I've got about $10,000 and $5,000 for that sale, we're probably about $20,000 to $35,000 short because really the vehicles that we'd like in this all-electric or plug-in hybrid range are in this $35,000 to $50,000 or even $60,000, so we're quite a bit short. Based on this, what we really need is to save more money for a car we both really want. So with that thinking, we need to increase our income over the next year or so before our clunker dies, or we need to use some money from other accounts that we have. Now, I'm not talking about our retirement accounts or our emergency funds or other important allocated savings accounts, but I could be talking about taxable brokerage accounts we've set aside for early retirement purposes, Those accounts are nebulously being set aside right now for early retirement in our 50s. But now that I really like my job and Nicole is at school right now about to get one that she really likes, we're not so concerned with early retirement as much anymore. So do we pull the trigger now on a car that we both want and tap most of our brokerage account money or buckle down and save up some cash until we're ready to buy a car we can afford. When you're worried about buying a newer electric car versus keeping your older luxury car, these are good problems to have, really. (laughs) So as I'm asking myself this really difficult question, I'm trying to keep that reality in perspective. That being said, it's still something we're working through. Given that we're not in a desperate situation and our older car is working fine for the moment, I'd like to take this as an opportunity to start piling up money toward getting our next car with cash. Like previous goals we've had, like paying off $50,000 of debt in one year, eliminating our $200,000 mortgage in less than five years, and becoming millionaires in less than 10, I'm excited for the challenge, really. But with my income at a third of what it used to be before I left my corporate job, I also need to be a little bit realistic on what's possible. When you're making $180,000 per year versus $60,000 per year, hitting huge milestone goals is a lot easier. (laughs) The bigger the shovel, the easier the work, right? So the question I really need to ask myself is, do I want to work harder and more hours to get a nicer car? Or do I want to keep my part-time work lifestyle and drive a slightly older car that's not electric? Hmm, well, maybe I'll go with a hybrid option. Well, enough for me, everyone. I want to hear from you. What do you think of this electric car craze going on right now? Do you think we should get one as a family? Are you working on saving up for a vehicle? Please let us know by sharing this episode on social media and tagging me on Instagram at MarriageKidsAndMoney or on Twitter at AndyHillMKM. I would love to keep this interesting conversation going because I know it's top of mind for a lot of people right now. And our second question comes in via voicemail as well from Andrew. Yes, it's another Andrew that would be including me. That's three Andrews in this episode, everybody.
1: (laughs) All right, here's the voicemail from Andrew number three. Hey, Andy, I've been a longtime listener of your podcast. Over the last 10 years, my wife and I have managed to pay off six figures in student loan debt, two car notes, and have gotten our retirement savings roughly to what's recommended for our age. Furthermore, recently we've begun to move from an area of high-cost living to one of much lower-cost living, and the equity that we have in our current home will cover in full the cost of our next home, essentially leaving us debt-free, a major goal that we've had for a long time. However... I have friends and family members who tell me that we should take out a mortgage for our new home and use that cash equity to invest in other things that might have a better return than the low interest rate that we can still get for a mortgage. I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Thanks much.
0: Andrew number three, thank you so much for reaching out with this question. First things first, congratulations on paying off six figures of debt and cranking up your retirement savings. That is super cool. You guys have really set yourselves up really, really well by eliminating your debt and investing early. Your life today will feel comfortable and your future will be comfortable as well. As for your question, in a sense you're asking, does it make sense to buy a house in cash versus getting a mortgage? Similar to our last question, there are a lot of people who have ideas on what you should do with your money. The opinions that matter most, again, are your opinion and your wife's opinion but I'm not much of a black or white idea kind of guy, so I like to look at both sides of an issue before making a decision. So let's run the pros and cons with buying a house in cash versus getting a mortgage. Pro number one simplicity of the home purchase. When you buy a house in cash, the home purchase process can become a lot easier. Firstly, you don't have to apply for a mortgage. For anyone who's purchased a home before, you know the mortgage application process and the approval process. It can be long and tedious. I remember the process for getting approved for our last mortgage. In order to get approved, I had to scan a crazy amount of papers with one set of nine documents specifically. I remember that I didn't scan the ninth paper because it was blank. There was nothing on it. I figured, why would they need a blank piece of paper? But by not sending over a blank sheet of paper, which was document nine of nine, the complex mortgage process got held up even longer for a blank piece of paper, (laughs) This was just a small example of many, many, many steps that it takes from the mortgage pre-approval process to the final closing process. You know what I'm talking about if you've been through this. Outside of the mortgage approval process, you can become more competitive as well in the home purchasing process. Some sellers prefer to work with cash buyers because they are aware of these arduous paperwork delays in the mortgage approval process. As a cash buyer... You can beat out the competition and get the home you really want a lot easier. Con number one, you could make more money in the stock market. Yeah, you know, you you, you heard those people saying that, Andrew. Number three, right? As an advocate of a long-term buy and hold investing, there is no denying that you could make more money in the stock market in the long term if you didn't buy your home in cash. The average stock market return over the last century has been around 10%. Now, that's definitely not every year, but on average, over the long term, the stock market is a smart and lucrative place to invest your money. Let's say you get a mortgage interest rate of 5% or 6%, you know, depending on when you when you get this to, the rates are going up. One could assume though you'd make more money investing it in the market versus buying your home in cash. But there are many factors that play into this potential 10% long-term return like what you invest your money in, the amount and type of investment fees you're paying. How much your financial advisor or investment broker charges you, your willingness to keep your money invested in good times and in bad times, and how successful you are at portfolio diversification and using tax advantaged accounts like the 401k, the IRA, and the HSA. Also, you need to ask yourself if you're actually going to invest the money. With more money in your life, you may be subject to lifestyle inflation and end up not investing as much as you'd think. Pro number two makes saving for retirement or early retirement a lot easier. When you buy a house with cash, you'll have no mortgage. Yes, you'll still need to pay for things like property taxes, homeowner's insurance, HOA dues, utilities, home maintenance, and much, 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 much more. But without a mortgage, your annual living expenses will definitely be a lot lower. For example, let's say your annual living expenses are $80,000 with a mortgage. If you decide to buy a house with cash and avoid a potential mortgage payment, that's a principal and interest only here, of $1,000 per month, your annual living expenses are now $68,000. When you're investing for your retirement, it's important to consider those annual living expenses. If you need to cover $80,000 of annual living expenses, then you may need up to $2 million in today's dollars to cover your needs in retirement. That's using the 4% rule, everybody. With only $68,000 of annual living expenses you'd only need $1.7 million. That's $300,000 less by eliminating your mortgage. By decreasing your overall cost of living, you're making it easier to save for retirement. You're making it easier to save for a potential early retirement as well. Con number two, home equity isn't easy to access. Our family has a paid off house valued at over $500,000. That is cool and it's something I'm very proud of, but we don't really have access to that half million. (laughs) It is purely the perceived value of an asset we own. That's it. So if you are interested in having access to more of your cash, buying a home outright versus getting a mortgage might not be the right move for you. A few reasons you might not want so much money tied up in your home would be short-term needs, like the funds needed in an emergency, Things like job loss, car repairs, insurance deductibles, appliances breaking down, home repairs. You know those short-term needs that pop up for us, right? And then also midterm needs. Think like three to 10 years. Perhaps there's a larger purchase you have on the horizon like home upgrades, car purchases, home renovations, weddings for your kids, who knows? Larger trips, you know, in the future, awesome vacations. That's stuff you're going to want not tied up anywhere really that's either in the stock market or your home while a paid off home surely does provide a great sense of pride it doesn't offer much in the category of liquidity you could get a home equity line of credit to access that cash if needed but that process isn't necessarily quick and easy you could always sell the house too if you need the money but that is definitely not quick and easy Pro number three, more money to enjoy life now. Living mortgage-free undoubtedly allows you to enjoy more life now. With a lower cost of living, you can modify or upgrade your lifestyle so each of your days today are brighter. For example, when buying a house with cash versus getting a mortgage, one could have the option of going from a full-time job to a part-time job, wink, 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 (laughs) becoming a stay-at-home parent for a period of time, spending more on vacations, upgrading your home so it's more relaxing and enjoyable, giving more of your money to causes and passions you care about so you can be the change you want to see in your community, in your country, and the world. The benefits of a paid-off house, they are plentiful, Sometimes we get lost in maximizing our wealth that we lose sight of maximizing our happiness. That's where I think a paid off house comes in. Con number three, you could lose the mortgage interest tax deduction. Depending on your financial situation, you could receive a mortgage interest tax deduction. And that could be another reason to get a mortgage on your house instead of buying it in cash. Any opportunity to lower your tax bill is a good enough reason for me, really. But before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, a lot more people did receive a mortgage interest tax deduction, but after that act was passed, the standard deduction increased significantly in 2017, the standard deduction for married filing jointly was $12,700. For the 2022 tax year, the standard deduction for married filing jointly is now $25,900. That is, is that double? That's, yeah, that's, that's more than double. My math is correct. That would mean that your deductions, including things like your mortgage interest, would need to exceed $25,900 if you're married, filing jointly, for you to actually want to itemize your deductions. Evidently, 90% of Americans took the standard deduction last year. So before you can call this tax deduction a true con, make sure you plan to itemize your deductions. And if you don't, plan to itemize your deductions, you're not receiving any true tax savings from having a mortgage. Yeah, this was sort of a pro disguised as a con, but nevertheless, it could be a con. (laughs) In the end, the decision to buy a house in cash is up to you. Do the pros outweigh the cons as you've listened to this? Or what other cons maybe you have, right? If having more access to your money and maximizing more of your wealth in the stock market is important to you, then getting a mortgage on your house is probably a smart move. On the other hand, if you're looking to simplify the home purchase process, have more peace of mind, and the ability to experience more life now, then buying a house in cash is a path you should consider. A great place to start would be to learn more about your potential payments and how that could affect your homeownership path. Especially with rates rising like they are, it's important to check out sites like Credible to compare rates with top lenders and then calculate what your mortgage payment could be. With a little more information, a little more math, you could make an informed decision instead of an impulsive one. After all, this may just be the biggest financial decision of your life no pressure. <laughs> Enough from me, everyone. I want to hear from you. What do you think about buying a house in cash versus getting a mortgage? What are the pros and cons for you? Please let us know by sharing this episode on your social media accounts and tagging me on Instagram at marriage, kids and money or Twitter at Andy Hill, MKM. Let's keep the conversation going. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. To keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. Please leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and that just makes me really happy, so that would be great. Those reviews, everybody, not only do they make me happy, they help more people to find this family-empowering podcast. So to encourage you to leave a review... For the show, each month we do a book giveaway. So we received four reviews since our last book giveaway offer this quarter. As a reminder, we're going to be giving away three different books from past podcast guests. Getting Good With Money from Jesse Furon. Own Your Past, Change Your Future by Dr. John Deloney. And First to a Million, A Teenager's Guide to Financial Independence by Dan Sheiks. And to help me pick the winner this This week. week I
2: got my assistant. (laughs) Zoe Hill, Zoe Hill here, Hill Hill, here once help again. Me, once again. How's it going, Zoe? It's going.
0: Oh, I'm so glad to have you here and to repeat I told me. you to
2: say what's up to
0: me. Oh, what's up? Is that a better thing to do? Yeah. What's, what's up, Zoe?
2: Oh, nothing but the sky. Nothing but the sky.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, hey, I want to ask you a bunch of questions, but uh, before we do, can we do our uh, cheesy game show? Let's do the cheesy game show, right?
2: It should have a name. It should. Have... Oh, we should give it a name. Money quiz. Money quiz. Is that a good name yeah, or it's not, should, very catchy. it's not
0: very catchy? Let's workshop it. What do you think it should be called?
2: The quiz of the money. Funny money. Funny money.
0: Funny money with Zoe? Quizzy
2: about money. Zoe's funny money? Money quizzy.
0: Money quizzy. All right, we got, we got some work to do. Zoe and I are going to think about it, everybody. <laughs> 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 On with the music. Okay, let me explain the rules again for potential funny money with no, Zoe. I will. Oh, you're going to explain the rules. Go ahead. What am I going to do to you?
2: Daddy is... Well, dad is going to give me three questions. Mm-hmm. And for every answer I get correctly, I I get a dollar. Yeah, there you go. Sound yes. good?
0: That does sound good for uh, me. Yeah.
2: Drum roll, please.
0: Question one. <gasps> After five years of playing in neighborhood soccer... Five years. Isn't that pretty cool? You'll be playing in a more competitive soccer league this year, Zoe.
2: Jaguars. Jaguars.
0: So we had to make a tough decision to not go with the ultra competitive league. What were two reasons that we decided to not go with the ultra competitive league?
2: Well, it was a lot of money, like $4,000 yes. to join that one. That's number and one. Also, number two is they're like an hour to three hours away. So. And Jaguars is like thirty minutes away.
0: That's right. So, two resources we're talking about right there: money and time. Right, time yes. is a very important resource, don't you think? It is. well, that's a correct answer. Congratulations, Zoe! Oh, you get a dollar, and I love you as well as uh, yeah, that. Bubby. Bubby's great. That's our that's our cat. Question number two. I'm really excited about getting a new car, you know, like an electric car. You hear me talk about it all the time when we're driving you around, right? I had
2: the Ford Mach-E. I do, the yeah. But you realized it's not worth it.
0: Oh, really? Okay, why? Let's talk about it.
2: Because you heard somewhere, I don't know if where you heard it, that it can run out. Like the battery can run out at yeah, any time. They're having a little recall and If you're in the problem. middle of a highway, it could stop and you could just. Create a traffic jam.
0: Don't quote us, everybody, but we but saw this in the free press.
2: Please, please no. So,
0: be careful. Do your research before getting a, a brand it. new car. But anyway, we decided that it wasn't a good idea to buy a car, an electric car, yeah. and we also don't have enough money to get it. So, I want to ask you a question. If we want to get a new car in the future, what should mommy and daddy do in order to buy one?
2: In order to buy one? Well, mom's still trying to find a new job, right? right. Yeah. And once she's done with school, mm-hmm. she'll be able to find a job. Yes. And once she does that, mm-hmm. she can earn money. Yes. And you're earning money by posting videos. Right. So I think you should combine that money uh-huh. as you do and then put it, like, a, and then take a little bit of it and put it into the car savings like yes. you have already. And then you could also take a little bit out of your own files. <laughs> and you can put it in your car savings. Oh. And then you're going to have to look searchy, searchy online, typey, typey. Mm-hmm. What cars are worth it that are big? Mm -hmm. Because I get tummy aches and so does mommy.
0: In smaller cars? Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, you do want an electric one, don't you?
0: I do. I just want to be able to afford it. I don't want to, like, take a loan or anything, you know?
2: So you can afford it if one mama gets a job and then you do and then you save and And then you want one that doesn't just run out whenever it can. Right. You want one that's like it tells you you have enough amount of time to go two days, you know, stuff like that. Exactly. And get something that maybe a car that comes with a charger so you don't have to pay extra.
0: I like all this. This is great. These are really great ideas. And I think it's another correct answer. Congratulations, Ellie. I love your plan. And that's what we're going to do. Question number three. You've been attending summer camp.
2: Yes, and I love it.
0: Yes, you do.
2: I want to become a counselor there when I'm older. Oh, I love it.
0: Well, Mommy and I want to keep sending you to this summer camp. You better. And it, it's got some money associated with So what's one reason that we should keep saving our money To make it happen again next year.
2: Well, first of all, on your part, I'm really annoying when you try to work, you know, you know that after camp and you try to work and I keep bugging you. So that's one reason. The other reason is it's super fun and I get to make new friends and the lunch there is like a full on four course meal. I love it.
0: Well, those are good reasons. Yes, I like working in the summertime and you guys have a lot of fun there. And you're what are some of the experiences that you're doing there that you love?
2: We're doing drama, we're doing AKA theater, we're doing sports, we're doing archery, we're doing yoga, we're doing dance, we're doing tennis, we're doing lunch, yum, yum, yum.
0: Lunch, canoeing. Canoeing. Right?
2: can't forget the canoeing. Well,
0: I love and it. And nature. Throwing. You and spend nature. so much time in nature, right?
2: I love nature. That's With awesome. Dakota.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. Well, that's a correct answer and
2: I will continue Whoa! to save money so you can go to summer camp. Yay! Ava and Macy and Dakota and Emma and Juliana and Grace.
0: These are all your counselors? Yes. Oh, what a good Our counselor, camp. I love it. They're all like uh, college girls, too, right?
2: Uh huh. That's and so cool. Taylor, college who's women, the archery instructor.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Ava, who's the drama instructor. I and love Macy, it. who's the sports instructor.
0: Well, if you guys live in uh, Metro Detroit, we'll tell you about a great camp. Anyway, let's read that review, Zoe, only now that you've got three dollars.
2: It's only a girl camp.
0: It's a girl camp, yes, but it's fantastic. There's also a boy version. Yes, it is. Anyway, three dollars for you. I'm going to put it in your ally.
2: How many reviews? There's four. Alexa, pick a number between one and four. Here's a number between one and four. It's four.
0: Excellent. Well, our fourth review comes Four. in from Craig, and Craig calls it fun, informative, and good stuff. So we're right, going to let... From Malcolm in the Middle? Uh, yeah, Craig. Which, 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 which uh, character is Craig and Malcolm in the Middle?
2: The one who has Jelly Bean the cat. Oh, right. Yeah. We have been listening to MKM for about a year, and it's fun, informative, and just good stuff for everyone to know. Andy is has great sharing wide and a range of financial and marriage topics. By involving the entire family, Andy is about to show that the family can incorporate the topics from his show to their daily lives. If my wife and I lived in Michigan, we would be friends with Andy and Nicole.
0: <laughs> That's face. awesome, Craig. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you for uh, reading that, and Craig. Thank you so much you're for you're that welcome. for that awesome review. And Craig, yeah, let us know if you're in Michigan. We'd love to hang out and grab a beverage and hang out and chit chat about marriage. life.
2: But I'm not me. I'm just a kid. Well, you can have
0: like a lemonade beverage. Yeah. That'd be good.
2: I would love a lemonade.
0: Well, we'll have to get you one. Craig, I don't have your email though. So if you could take a screenshot of this nice review and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com, that would be awesome. That way I can... Send you one of these great books that we talked about. And if you want to support our family show and maybe get one of these cool books, you could leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of it and email me at andy at andyatmarriagekidsandmoney.com. And if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can just leave us a nice rating on Spotify. Screenshot that. Shoot it over to us and Zoe and I will party with it. Oh, yeah.
2: And then I will read it.
0: Yes. So we will read it. Everybody gets books. Everybody gets smarter. Yes, I will. Family values happen all over the place. Zoe gets (laughs) lemonade. There's cats.
2: I got lemonade, but I drank it all and it's here.
0: Life's good. Zoe, thank you so much for being here.
2: You're so welcome, Dad. And thanks for the three buckaroos.
0: In August, we've got an incredible lineup for you, everyone. August 8th, we've got authors and personal finance experts, Kirsten and Julian Saunders. They're going to join us to make the case for the 15 year career and why that is enough time in corporate America before you can cash out. The Monday after that, August 15th, we'll be answering a question from the marriage, kids, and money community and featuring Patrick from Tennessee whose family legacy of mortgage-free living inspired him to pay off his mortgage in just over two years. That is fast. And then the Monday after that, we've got famed personal finance expert, Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle. These are the brains behind the Her Money podcast. They are gonna join me to answer a question about giving advice for recent college grads as they head into the work world. Yeah, we hear from a nice aunt that wants to help her niece have a great life. So it's gonna be a fun one. And then the Monday after that, we got four Mondays this month, we're gonna bring you another Best of MKM episode where I'll be sharing the details of how our family went from a negative $50,000 net worth to over $1 million in just 10 years. I hope there's some nuggets in there that'll help you do the same. And then on Fridays, you'll hear more bread and wine with my wife, Nicole. We're pretty much doing this every other Friday, honestly. It seems to work for our lives right now. But anyway, this is a candid chat between a husband and a wife where we discuss marriage, kids, and money. Surprise, surprise while we have a glass of wine or if we're, you know, just wanted to chill we have some tea or water, whatever, we're going to drink something. And if you want to choose our topics this month and support our show, consider buying us a cheap bottle of wine at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash wine. I think they have an increments of five bucks. So <laughs> that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash wine. We'll give you a shout out on the show and then discuss a topic if you want us to. And if you want to listen to Bread and Wine and not the money stuff, as Nicole would say, you can subscribe to Bread and Wine as a solo podcast in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you, uh, wherever you want to do it. And I mean, I'll miss you if you, guys, if you guys decide to just subscribe to that one and not this one. But uh, I totally understand. I'm a huge fan of Nicole myself. <laughs> hey, everybody. The Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast recently crossed a huge milestone. We just crossed over the 2 million download mark. 2 million downloads. Thank you all so much for helping this family small business be alive. Thank you. And and helping my small business dreams come true. Being able to work as a full-time content creator is a true blessing. Thank you. Looking forward to the next 2 million. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Henry David Thoreau. The price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. Cars, houses, good luck with your big purchasing decisions, everyone. Carpe diem.